Hello, and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John, and I would like to thank you for clicking play wherever you clicked it at. And we are continuing onward in Jesus in Exodus. Right now, the Israelites are getting ready to leave the promised land. And with this podcast, I like to give an overview of the Israelites' journey to the promised land. From the word, Exodus chapter 12, verse 37, that's where they began. And we will see that Deuteronomy chapter 34 is when Moses dies, Joshua replaces him. The overview of Israelites to the promised land is a way for us to see on why narrow is the way. That's what I want us to see with their journey. And to begin seeing that, go to Exodus chapter 12, verses 37, and also read verses 40 to 41. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. Now the sojourn of the children, now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on that very same day. It came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. When the Israelites began in Exodus, the loins of Jacob were 70 people. When they left, they had 600,000 men on foot. God told Abraham that his descendants will be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Moses led the Israelites and they left Egypt at the end of 430 years. Now you can look at a map. You can look at an Old Testament map or even a map of today. And you can locate Egypt. And you see that the easiest way from Egypt to Israel would be the way to the land of the Philistines. And in Exodus chapter 12 verse 37, it explains on why the Israelites did not take that route. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of Philistines. Although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. In other words, they were not ready to enter the promised land. If they went on the way of Philistines and saw war, then most likely they would try to return to Egypt. Now, out of all the Israelites that were slaves in Egypt that went to the promised land were just two. Now think about it. Only two out of the 600,000 entered into the promised land. Now, when I say the two, I'm referring to those who were slaves in Egypt. Now, 
Moses did not enter the promised land because of his anger, and it cost him. And we see that in Numbers chapter 20, verses 11 through 12. Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses in there, Because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not pass this assembly into the land I have given them. Now even though Moses' anger caused him from going into the promised land, but God was merciful enough to at least show it to him. And we see that in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 4. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Nephthali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev and the plain, that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zor. And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. Now Aaron died before Israel went into the promised land. So did his and Moses' sister, Miriam. Joshua replaced Moses as a leader that led Israelites into the promised land. Caleb and him were the only one out of the 12 spies that believe they can receive the promised land. And we see it in Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 8. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the land of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. So why did Joshua and Caleb need to tear their clothes off? Usually when we read about a person tearing their clothes off, it's a sign of remorse, it's a sign of anger so why did joshua and kayla have to tear their clothes off well we could see why in the previous chapter of numbers in number chapter 13 verses 32 through 33 the other 10 spies did not believe god can give them the land so they caused the people to rebel against moses so they brought to the people of israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying the land, though, which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw Nephilim, the son of Anak, who comes from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and all the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to him, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would have that we had died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. 
So we see that the 10 of the 12 spies stirred the rest of the Israelites to go against Moses and Aaron. What they're actually doing was going against God. And they believed that he could not get them into the promised land. So their act of rebellion towards Moses, God punished Israel. And this is what he said to them. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 22, 29, and 35. None of the men have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have put me to the test these ten times, and have not obeyed my voice. Now, as we go on through the journey, we will see each of these ten times that the Israelites rebelled against God. Your dead bodies shall not fall in this wilderness, and all your numbers listed in the census for twenty years old and upward, who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb the son of Japheth, and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, who you said would become a prey, I'll bring in, and they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and shall suffer for your faith, faithlessness, until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days, a year for each. You shall bear your iniquity forty years, and you shall know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will I do to all of this wicked congregation who, had ga- who are gathered together against me. And the wilderness they shall come to a full end, and there they shall die. Narrow is the way. That is what we should be seeing when it comes to the Israelites going from Egypt to the promised land. We should see that it's very narrow. Because only two out of the 600,000 went in. Now when I say that, I'm referring to those who were slaves in Egypt. Again, only two went into the promised land. In James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. When he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Again, only two endured, and they were able to enter into the promised land. Now Moses and Aaron were still faithful to God, but because of their sins, they did not enter into the physical promised land. Now they're both in heaven and they'll be in God's kingdom forever because they believe. But even though when we sin, God forgives us, but sometimes our sin has consequences. But yet they endure the trial. They led the Israelites to the promised land. Moses and Aaron got them to the edge. But because of their sin, That's how far they were able to go. Now, Matthew chapter 7, 
verses 13 through 14. Jesus teaches the multitudes. Enter by the narrow gate. The gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destructions, and those entered by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. The broad way is the easiest way that people will take, but it leads to destruction. The majority of Israel walked on the broad way, so they were not able to enter in the promised land. The narrow way. It is the hardest way that few people are on, but it leads to life. Only a few from those that were slaves in Egypt stayed on a narrow way to enter into the promised land. On the journey to the promised land, I want us to notice how narrow it was so we could see our journey to eternal life is also narrow and not broad. And next week, we will start taking steps to the promised land with the Israelites. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this week's podcast. And I hope that you will have a great weekend. And if you have not had as much time to spend time in the Word because of work and whatever, remember, um, now is the time to read the Word. You know, cancel your Netflix, cancel your Hulu, and cancel your Amazon Prime because you really don't need those things, you know. You know, right now we live in a country where people think that pedophilia should be an option, just like homosexuality. I mean, I knew this day was going to come. I mean, in the early 2000s, when they were trying to push homosexuality, I knew that it was only a matter of time before they will also push pedophilia. I mean, our universities teach relativism. They teach that truth can be whatever. And that's nonsense. And to see how nonsense that is. I mean, if truth, if truth can be whatever I want, then it should be okay for me to murder somebody. Now, a lot of you guys say, huh, what? Is it okay for you to murder somebody? No, you should not murder somebody because, you know, you're going through the Bible and you just pointed out that murder is a sin. And if you have hatred in your heart, that makes you a murderer. And you know what? You are absolutely correct. I agree with you 100%. We know that because that authority comes from God. And he expects us to carry out that authority. Well, you know what? Jesus says that whoever causes these children to stumble, it will be better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck so that they could be thrown into the bottom of the ocean. Well, he's definitely talking about, you know, teachers that teach the word of God and to children that are seeking him. He's talking about that definitely into that context. Well, you can also see that if you cause a children to stumble because you harm them physically, emotionally, or mentally, that yes, you too should be executed. Now, pedophilia should not be an option at 
all. Yet we have a nation that's run by sick people. And these sick people want pedophilia to be normal. They want it to be so they don't feel bad about it. And they want it to be that way so they don't have to go to jail. And so we live in a corrupt society. We live in a very corrupt world. So, you know, that's why we should be canceling these services such as Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix. I mean, both video subscriptions have shown that they want to justify pedophilia. So, if you have these things, you know, encourage you, get rid of them, cancel them. They cost a lot of money. I mean, if you are struggling financially so bad that you can't afford a Bible, believe me, you'll find someone that will give you a Bible. I mean, it might take a little while, but I say within two hours, you could find someone that will give you a Bible. Just go to a church and say, hey, listen, I don't have a Bible. I'm poor. Can you please give me a copy of a Bible? And they will probably be more than happy to give you a copy of your word. And, you know, with the word of God, you know, Genesis through Revelation are 66 books that are endless truths of God. And they never get so boring to where when you read them that you've already had your satisfaction. I mean, the word of God keeps you full. It keeps you overfilling to where you want to read it more and more. And that's why I just want to encourage you, you know, if you have time this weekend, if you're not working and if you have a lot of time where you just relax and chill, I mean, yeah, do those things. Relax and chill. I mean, even Jesus rested when he was tired. But when you have the energy and you get up and you feel like you want to do something, get into the Word. Get into the Bible. You know, study. You know, read the Word from cover to cover. Just pick up and read. And just let the Spirit just lead you. And if there's a place that you don't understand, it's kind of confusing, pause more just pray this ask, okay, God, help me understand this. And believe me, He's going to lead you the way. He's going to show you the way. So let's spend time. Let's read our Word more. Let's be more experts in the Word more than being experts in the world. I hope you have a great weekend and may God bless you.